Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Media Podcast. I'm Matt Deegan. Uh, as is the tradition, our first episode of the year is our ninth annual prediction special. Uh, we've assembled the finest media commentators in the sector to divine what will happen this year. Uh, you'll hear from publishers, including The Mail and Deadline, TV indies and broadcasters. It's all you need to know to tackle the year ahead. Uh, that's all coming up in this special edition of the Media Podcast. Well, Happy New Year to all our listeners, Jake Cantor and Ella Segar are with me, party poppers in hand. Uh, Jake, uh, we'll start with you. Your predictions from last year, for which I think you should be held accountable, it's only fair. Are you feeling confident? <laughs> I don't know, is the answer. I mean, like, okay. I'm always, I always pr- approach this part of the pod with a trepidation. Well, uh, number one, you said some Western media organisations are going to sever ties with TikTok. And also that 2023 will be a year dominated by AI's growing influence in the media. Well, look, uh, some major uh, Western media organisations have certainly distanced themselves from TikTok. Um, so the BBC uh, banned it on uh, work devices. Um, having said that, they have forged ties with TikTok in other areas. They've done this. Uh, they've done some sort <laughs> of um, uh, influencer scheme. So. Uh, mixed messages from the BBC. Uh, and I think, am I right in saying that somewhere in Denmark, I think DR in Denmark um, cut ties with TikTok as well? Uh, I might need to double check that. <laughs> a Nordic, so, a Nordic uh, yeah. TikTok uh, issue, yeah. And then on the AI side, a lot of a lot of discussion and a lot of action on AI. Absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, that was, <laughs> that was arguably a very safe prediction. Um, you know, I think the, the most immediate example that springs to mind, and uh, we've you know seen this play out uh, in such a huge way during the U.S. strikes. Um, AI has been a huge, has been a, like an absolutely vital battleground as part of those strikes, and we've now seen writers and actors secure new guardrails and protections uh, in the in the AI space uh, because. AI tools are being used increasingly uh, to make films and television. Uh, right, we'll come back to you on your predictions in a sec. Uh, Ella, uh, we're looking for two predictions uh, from you. Maybe one that's a bit more of a safe bet first. Safe bet. Um, yeah, I have a couple here. I don't know which to, to go for, but I, I think I'll go for that Google will delay cookie deprecation again. That's okay, safe, interesting. Yeah. So give a, people a bit of an update on what that is. It's uh, whenever you're 
set got online and it'll say do you accept cookies which track your behavior mm. and that, that advertisers can use to ha- target ads and so uh what is happening now is google is got a privacy sandbox it's trying to because of privacy concerns about if it can track you across not just on that website but across the internet what's mm. uh, uh and what's happening there and there's been lots of uh legislation and kind of debates going on in 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 europe which is kind of seen as that leading mm. um area for uh, data protection so you think they'll panic a bit and push it back i think yeah and i think actually on the tech side it's proving a lot more difficult to find an alternative mm. for advertisers. Uh, yeah. And have you got a more ambitious gamble uh, prediction? Um, I think I think Netflix will merge with a gaming company. Oh, interesting! That's my ambitious one because they keep coming out with these different kind of gaming uh, sort of propositions, and I think that would be really exciting because the IPs could be quite mm-hmm. could mesh quite well. Um, could be another sort of because they're using it as a revenue stream. It could be another way to boost their revenue if their advertising tier isn't working out, which it seems like it's got quite uh, sort of not been going quite as well as they would like. Well, they're um, in the sort of time business, aren't mm. they? Where people spend time, and mm. so gaming wouldn't be yeah, a bad. So that's thing my crazy prediction. On. Okay, yeah. it's a good one. I like it. I like the confidence. <laughs> uh, Jake, have you got a, a, a safer prediction uh, for for twenty twenty four? That's a fantastic prediction, I think, the, ga- the gaming company one. I'm very envious of that. Um, <laughs> uh, I, th- I, I think I, I could see it happening as well. Um, given we're recording this in the past and we've just been talking about strikes at the BBC, my safe what? prediction is that they are, they're, they're going to be more strikes at the BBC this year. We are seeing cuts in other areas. BBC is uh, close to announcing a sweeping new set of cuts in the newsroom new set of cuts i should say uh, there are constant cuts in the newsroom okay uh yes interesting looking at union trouble more strikes uh, and anything a bit out there that you think predictions wise for 2024 either talk tv will buy gb news or gb news will buy talk tv one of the two ah battle of the right wing broadcasters uh, yeah uh, gb news is it's in this very strange position where it's increasingly confident, looks like uh, a genuine challenger to uh, the BBC and Sky News, and yet is uh, mired in all this investigation with Ofcom. So it's a bit of a strange place for, for GB News. But at the moment, you would have to back GB News because it has really established itself. And I think, you know, regardless of what you think of it and whether you agree with it, they have to have some credit for that, I think. They've definitely been making an impact. Anyway, thanks to you both. We will hold you to account this time next year. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> uh, hello, I'm uh, Adam McQueen. I write the Street of Shame pages for Private Eye. And my two predictions for 2024... Uh, would be well the first one is dependent on the sale of the telegraph to the uae fund not going through but in that case i'm going to stick with the very good tip-off that we got about part way through the year that uh rupert murdoch will has done a deal with the rothermeers and will take at least one of their newspapers potentially the eye off their hands in return for the mail getting the telegraph titles and murdoch having the spectator and that thus 
cunningly, a bit as the Barclays try to do, uh, evading all of the kind of regulatory uh, uh, processes necessary when it comes to monopolies and mergers and that kind of thing. Uh, my second one, so I've been asked for a wild card on this one, and this is something I mean, I, I've been banging on about right since the start of the pandemic, uh, making this prediction, and, and eventually it's going to become uh, become correct. But I would say one newspaper, one national newspaper going online only. I think we are reaching that tipping point now where people are going to realise that actually putting things into print and distributing them around the country in the early hours of the morning is no longer a feasible business proposition. So that's my prediction. Uh, how many years after we are we now after the uh, independent went down the same route? It was 2016, wasn't it? But I would say, yeah, another one going that way at least. Faraz Osman, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, welcome uh, back. 2024. To, uh, Let's do this. It's party, party year. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, you were in this seat... This time last year. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Uh, um, and What I, nonsense did I say back well, then? Well, I have your predictions from 2023. Uh, number one, traitors will kick off a whole new wave of premium entertainment and factual. Right, that's right, isn't it? I think that's pretty good. Right? Um, that's, there's been a lot of stuff uh, out there this year. So you know what? Genuinely, since I've started doing this podcast, which has been a number of years now, I'm showing my age. I've always been really curious about entertainment and, uh, and you know, the, the, the X Factor is now, is it gone? I don't even know if it still exists anymore. I think it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Um, and there's always been a bit of a worry about the declining numbers. Strictly has been on for God knows how long. And you kind of, there was a time when it was like Strictly X Factor, Strictly X Factor, mm-hmm. and that was it on entertainment. And, and that's all it was. And then the Masked Singer came along and we're a bit like, oh, maybe there's like something that's moving. Then Traitors comes along and just blows everything out of the water. And we, I genuinely do think that we are now seeing a new moment in in entertainment. Can I push back and just go, is Traitors an outlier though? Like Survivor, no. Bit Duff? Well, so, so this is what's interesting. So mm. Survivor has clearly hasn't worked yeah. and Rise and Fall, I don't think, yes. worked, right? So there are two it shows. It was nearly there. It will, um, well, okay. we, can, we, can, we can get into that. But there are, there are two shows that I would argue are quite classic entertainment shows and felt, and the reason they didn't work is because they felt quite dated. Mm. Whereas if you look at the things that have worked, i.e. Squid Game Challenge, new IP, um, Traitors, new IP, you know, Love is Blind has done, mm. has done really well. And We've got a, the bus thing. They've got the, and yeah, Destination X is coming. And I do think mm. I'm more interested in seeing how well Destination X is going to do compared to, say, Gladiators. And, and so there's, there is definitely feels like there is a new sense of gameplay and, and I, I include the piano in this as well mm, yes. so rise and fall i think was the big play the big swing for channel four to get a big entertainment hit they didn't get it there they got it with the piano and i think that that is it's there's this kind of whole thing around like real people doing things that isn't like lots of sexy people in bikinis kind of like a getting, bit of actual skill a bit of something yeah just something. just just, just mm. a bit of human you know human humanness mm. and it's not just about talent it's not just about a singing competition it's it's actually there's a bit of luck that's in there as well and and that's why i think traitors and squid game because you cannot predict how it's going to end up well the second uh prediction you had was if the bbc nails its coronation coverage <laughs> uh, then i think they'll be safe at least for this government I well, what do you you tell me? Is that I don't think, is that uh, I, I think they they're in as much trouble as they've always been, and there's been there, there was no halo from the excellent job they did of, of coronation, Eurovision, the death, everything, and traitors, and you yeah. know, and and strictly, and etc. Like it's yeah, it's a bit bonkers. I I, look, I think this whole license fee settlement is completely bonkers. I cannot believe they got away with it. Well, the government's kind of, got away with it. Yeah, this is a bit yeah. like oh, we're just going to not give you what we said we're going to give mm. you. Like see you later. And and it's and it's clearly a clipping of the wings before a new government comes in. But it was, you know, 
they found the loophole and they managed to kind of cut the fee as a result. And I think it, it sucks. And your final prediction was big change to senior management at Channel 4 <laughs> following successful fending off of privatisation. So you definitely got that bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. The changes haven't come. Are they going to come? What do you... Well, I mean, I think, I think that something's got to happen. Mm. Like, you know, there's there's obviously a uh, and and whether or not they are kind of personnel changes, you know, there's obviously a lot of talk about moving Channel 4 from being a TV channel to doing more digital stuff. And they're kind of God, they were talking about leaving. that for about 20 years. Yeah, they Jeez. have been they have been chatting about it. Well, but it, it seems to be working and the money is going in that direction. You know, Channel 4.0 is as the Channel 4.0 is, is interesting because it's doing good numbers, whether or not it is recouping the investment in the advertising clicks is, is yet to be seen. They have been unshackled and they mean so they can start making their own things whether or not they're going to start doing that is is yet to be seen they've got more options yes. to uh to, to be a different channel to what it was before i feel quite strongly about this so i'm going to say it here and i'll say it to anybody that listens somebody please tell me what the channel 4 remit is for and i think that channel 4 have a responsibility to be quite vocal and clear about what their remit is both today and in the future I, I there's a bit of that so it's been a bit like that for for a little while yeah, channel 4 channel 4.0 that's their new digital strategy yeah so yeah. that's kind of their entertainment channel they've got a channel 4 documentaries it's doing their more factual stuff mm-hmm. and uh and and they're kind of doing lots of plays in the in the youtube world as as well as kind of pushing what was called 4OD, what was called All 4, is now called Channel 4. Have they just opened up the old 4IP uh, folder from the shelf? No, 4IP was, was slightly different because that's doing stuff that's very, very different. This is still content play. Okay, Whereas right. 4IP wasn't a content play. That was them doing kind of digital experiments that... Didn't you know, work. And, and actually, sorry, on the 4IP thing, mm. that is more... 4IP, RIP, 4IP. That was was more about making investments into mm. other businesses. That, I think, is is closer to the growth, the growth fund that they have now. So so Channel 4 have this stable of, of investments they made in, in indies, um, which means that they have their own kind of like minority stake investment into lots of companies, um, some of which are very, very good and have had very successful years. Um, it will be it, there's question marks about how that's going to be related to them making their own content and yes. you know are they going to is that is that growth fund going to going to merge into a bbc well, studios type thing well on people you would have thought that there would be some new people coming in to maybe take control of some of these new ideas i yes we will see we uh, okay see. predictions yes. for this year so one of my things that i am quite curious about is the uh, is bundling so mm. i i think that everyone's got a bit of subscription fatigue now and uh, and that is being born through the fact that you know revenues are down and redundancies is being made uh, spotify had a big round of redundancies um and uh, and we're seeing it across lots of different businesses i think it's now got a little bit too unwieldy where consumers are expecting to have subscriptions in lots of different places and uh, and and it's it's you know it's people have started to tighten their belts etc the way around that i think is bundling and i think that we're going to see and and this is this is also married to the fact that people are spending less on tech as in hardware yes so i think apple are going to push quite heavily into their apple one service mm-hmm. you're going to see ads for everywhere so apple one merges so, together apple it, music apple so, tv exactly. and health and all that stuff yes yeah, so that's games. their bundle it's apple fitness it's apple tv plus it's apple music iCloud, weirdly, mm. um, and uh, and it's it's and it's their services play, which I believe has been very successful for them, and I think they'll double down on it. So they've made some investments in sport with, with MLS in America. I'm not sure how well how successful that's been, but I think there's there's rumours swirling round about there being a merger of 
I think it's Paramount. Well, Paramount Plus and is well, Paramount as Paramount the, the company. Yeah, well, Paramount is, Plus and, and then, Apple TV yeah. Plus kind of bundling together. That becomes incredibly seductive if that happens of a content bundle. I I think that it's not out of the realms of possibility that that Netflix could buy Spotify and then that becomes a rival in the other direction of a new of a content bundle in that way. And and obviously Disney are looking at what they have as their model. They're looking to offload ESPN and uh, not ESPN, ABC, um, and uh, and Hulu comes into that package. And I think that they they will want to do something that feels bigger so, than just a streaming service. All good concepts. Give me a physical bundle. What is going to be your, bu- I, your predicted bundle? Okay, let's do a physical. Let's do a physical bundle. I I think that. Uh, screw it let's do it I'm going to say spot that Netflix are going to someone's going to I'm going to say this actually I'm going to hedge my bet slightly someone's going to acquire Spotify yes I think with them cutting their costs when they just made a profit a yeah. lot of people have been saying that's fattening up uh, yeah. for a sale and on the telly side which streamer goes or who gets combined with what <laughs> so which which streamer goes uh, I, th- I think I think Paramount is the one that is mm. is got some interesting bits around it because Paramount own MTV and Comedy Central and they've got lots of great assets. Star Trek and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I I think that that Paramount is probably going to be the one that gets gobbled up by a bigger player. Um, I think that there are too many on for free. And if I'm going to say one that's going to go, I think Lionsgate probably entered into this fray a bit too late. Um, and if I was to say one of them was going to go the Quibi direction, it's, it's probably going to be that. I'd love to meet somebody that's subscribed to yes. Lionsgate Plus. Still, Haven't met them yet. Still to be found. Uh, any other predictions? Look, I mean, we've we've been saying it for a while, but, but Twitter slash X slash whatever it is, there's obviously something that's going to happen during the American election. Whether or not it can survive beyond that is open for debate. Um, I, I just think advertisers hate it. I think people who don't you know, don't want to use it anymore, and it is basically people don't like opening the app anymore, mm. and and I think that that's a and and people aren't putting up content in that space anymore. I do think it's really curious that journalists still use it. Um, they've got their. My understanding is that a lot of journalists are using Blue, Blue Sky, Sky, yeah, um, which has kind of created a bit of an echo chamber for themselves. But when it comes to kind of following journalists and following stories, if you're a news fiend mm. like threads isn't giving you what you need right now i still think but, that's short term i'm i'm all in on threads but the problem with threads is so, so threads need to sort themselves out when it comes to hashtagging um well, they, they, they to, introduced so before, just before christmas they introduced yeah. um topics yes so what this comes down to is whether or not they can do this uh, you know there's three events elections right whether or not the people are going to use threads to follow the election they don't really want to get in that game is my no everyone wants to stay clear in news right so then the next thing is sports events so be it the super bowl or um the euros the euros right so if they if they manage to kind of get a way to build a conversation around one a big sporting event then threads will start taking off i think a lot of people have signed up to it i don't know if a lot of people are using it. i don't I don't post on it. Like, and I, you know, was a heavy poster on, on, on Twitter. Mm. It's just not fun. Uh, it's not, I think you'll get there, but that's my prediction. What's your social media <laughs> prediction? I want to hold so you, I think, want so to hold uh, you down. You know, Twitter. Like, Twitter, Twitter's going to go to the wall and either it will be, either it's going to be offloaded by B.E. or Musk and he's going to go, this is just silly. I can't do this anymore. Um, or, or it's just going to kind of, I, I actually do think it's going to start crumbling and, and, and disappearing. And it's certainly not going to be something that we, uh, that we talk about as much as we have done in the past so yes good that's a great line we will check whether that's still the case uh this time next year uh thanks for us uh we'll be back with more predictions after this hello i'm matt kelly 
And I'm Matt Dancona. And we're both from the New European, the UK's fastest growing newspaper. What do we predict for the year ahead in media, Matt? Well, it's going to be a very interesting year. I mean, I think the, the, the big story will be the future of the, the Telegraph deal uh-huh. being sold to essentially a hedge fund that's owned by uh, Gulf people. And uh, I know that it's a massively unpopular idea at, at the telegraphs not to mention the spectator which i used to edit um so i think that uh, it's the government is taking a, a more than active interest in that and i think yeah. that it, it might well it might well not go through it's yeah a, um so that's that's a sort of straightforward prediction yeah I, th- I think also i agree with that and i think there might be at some point next year a row around the funding of local newspapers, which yes, are in a, well, they should be in a very sorry state. And I noticed that a lot of them uh, complained about the BBC's influence in local news and how that's having a detrimental effect on their business. We know that Reach, uh, the formerly known as Trinity Mirror, are laying off 450 people, so their business is in trouble. Yeah, uh, local news is incredibly important to so important. to to all of us, and yet it's dying on its backside. So, yeah. so that really needs some some attention from government possibly i think from the dcms uh, and a wild card prediction well it's not a wild card but it's you know um our friend mark thompson who's always been very good yeah. to the the new european um at cnn and i think C- cnn does very well when big events come and what bigger event than a presidential contest for the right. soul of america yeah and I just have a hunch, and I could be wrong, but I just have a hunch that under Mark's leadership, CNN might enjoy, uh, you know, a long postponed resurgence. Interesting. Interesting. It, you know, he, he if not if not him, then no yeah. one. I think. Well, he's um, he's an investor in the New European, so he, he is. So he, he knows good stuff that. when yeah. he sees it. Yeah. He does, and uh, you know, and he's a brilliant <laughs> newsman apart from the else. Uh, I wonder whether there'll be any kind of uh, aggregation between the two, kind of. Um, challenger brands in TV between GB News and Talk yes. TV. That'll be an yes. interesting space to watch. Yes, I mean the the the, the, the sort of B Sky B model. Yes, um, yeah, they, maybe they might come together. They might well, and we certainly predict you will have a stimulating and constructive time when you join us for the Two Mats podcast with Matt Kelly, myself, and Matt Dancona every Friday throughout 2024. We'll see you there. Just follow the show when you click the link in the show notes. Happy Friday. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now, I'm joined by Megan Carver and Jamie East to look at their hopes and dreams for the year ahead in our media predictions. Uh, Megan, what have you got for me? My media predictions is going to be the continued and I think exponential rise of audiobooks. Oh, okay. Mm. I think the rise of the increase in, of listeners of podcasts has absolutely helped this. It's normalized audio listening. Spotify have put audiobooks now on their channels mm. uh, for free for premium subscribers. The way authors are getting paid has all been agreed in advance, so hopefully there shouldn't be any kind of big hoo-hahs the thing that i find really interesting is that rob rinder for example he's one of my clients his book the trial is great it went to number it went to number two on week one the following week it went to number one which is actually pretty unusual mm. it sold brilliantly yet the audiobook has outsold all the physical copies wow yeah and people are going to audiobooks more and more and more and more and more. And I also think the rise of AI is going to make that super interesting because no longer will an author have to go and sit in a studio and do it <laughs> a la Jamie East and do it for four, four, four days. Britney's isn't voiced by Britney, but it could be if it was AI. Interesting. Uh, Jamie, audiobook fan? I am. I'm not an audiobook Spotify fan. I think it's a dreadful UI oh. experience. Uh, First version, though? First, well, you know, it's not it's not actually a dreadful UI experience, it's just dreadful customer experience. Mm. You've got 15 hours a month to listen to it. Now, I tried to listen to the uh, Elon Musk uh, <laughs> book. The Walter Isaacson one. Yeah, the Walter Isaacson, brilliant. Actually, really yeah. good, really interesting, super interesting. Got 65% of the way through it, ran out of hours. See you in, <laughs> see you in 29 days. It's like, no, you will not. I will I will not be picking up that book again. There's not a little in-app purchase or out-of-app purchase. Of course, so you can it. buy extra tokens, but it's yeah. kind of like, if, is, this a, is this a premium subscription or is it just, a, is it just you know? You need to some shorter books. I uh, do, don't I? What are your predictions? Just too intellectual. What are your predictions for this year? Uh, my predictions are that um, every comedian will have finally been on every single podcast <laughs> and we will all have to go back to the drawing board. Uh, thankfully. Thankfully. Uh, end of celebrity podcasts more, more generally, do you think? I think... Um, I'm, I'm being I'm being flippant, mm. but I think there's a, there's a serious point there, which is that uh, ultimately the thing that made podcasts... Uh, such an incredible medium and platform is the intimacy and the stories that we got from that and i think that has got slightly lost in the in the in the in the quagmire uh, over the past 18 months i think that will that will disappear because the money's gone mm. the money is is it's slightly harder to get you have to work a bit harder mm. for it and i think a lot of the the the, the quick land grabs will kind of disappear a celebrities need a great format don't they Megan for their, yeah. their podcast nowadays yeah you can't just sit down and say I'm just going to have a chat with my friends mm -hmm. you know people are a bit more savvy to that and as they've grown and grown and grown people go on podcasts as part of their PR mm. so you actually hear the same people on mm. the same podcast going over and over again I actually think that there is still a space for all genres all types because I think just like there is for TV just like there is for, ra for, for radio for magazines people will want the celebrity they want the true crime mm. they want the news they want the current affairs but I think things need to be smarter I, I think this is why the James Corden one's going to be really super interesting because I think he is going to take it to another level and so any celebrity that says I'm just going to do a sit down and chat with my mates is, is going to end up looking. Uh, Megan, have you got another cool. prediction? Well, only that, you know, I think with the documentaries last year of the Beckhams, the Rooneys, Robbie... I mean, I, I love them. I don't think we should be calling them documentaries. I think we should be calling oh, them... Okay. Yep. Um, I think we should be calling them stories or my stories. Essentially, the subject's own production companies. They control the narrative. They pick who, you know, is the narrator and you think... The viewer thinks they're the, the filmmaker. 
They are basically just our version of OK at home shoots from back in the day, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. But my prediction is that everyone will go just like they did with OK at home shoots. Oh, these are popular. And we are just going to get more and more and more and more and more. And for the next three years, we'll have more and more and more until they have got to the point that we're all saturated. So diminishing returns. Diminishing returns. And it'll be a Z-lister wandering around with their best mate, asking them questions while they're shopping Morrison's. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, Jamie? Not enough people have uh, remembered that Celebrity Traitors is on the way. And oh. I think that is going to be the one that's going to be like fantastic for me. From Event TV uh, in 2024, uh, Celebrity Traitors is going to be one that I can't wait for. Who would be a good Celebrity Traitor um, contestant? Oh, my God. I mean, that's, that's, I mean a, that's a Boris or I Nigel Farage, I think Martin Farage, Lewis would be really good because Ooh. he's so trusted. Who's that, sorry? Martin Lewis. Is he a client? No. No, <laughs> no but I think you need to have someone that is mm. so trusted Great. by everybody. Yeah. And he is so trusted. He would be really good. That you would then, that it would throw you every second because you go, but is he, but is he not? I don't know. I don't know. And the, and the thought of not trusting the expert. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good one. Martin Lewis would be good. I think it just, you've got to play with people's minds. Yeah. Maybe Claudia should be like host and traitor. Maybe that'd be the ultimate. That would be a good twist. twist. Uh, I just think uh, the, the, the Scrabble. Uh, you know, I pity the bookers. The, <laughs> the, the Scrabble that must be underway at the moment to try and get their clients onto. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. To you both. Mm. So celebrity traitors. You're right. I think people will desperately want to do it. What do you think the caliber of Celebrity Big Brother is going to be? Uh, Big Brother is obviously very dear to my heart. Mm. I think. Quick, quick view on the last series. Uh, a good start, mm. I think. A, mm. a, a good reset. Um, I think AJ and Will have done really well. Uh, so decentish yeah, ratings. Yeah, I think they've reached they've reached the audience they wanted to reach, and now it's up to them to kind of like they can start pushing the boundaries mm. a little bit with that thing. Traitors, celebrity version. You yeah. think you think good caliber. Yeah. Do you what caliber do oh. you think of celebs for Big Brother? Have they rejuvenated it enough for some good good people? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'm not sure bookers are brave enough yet to to dive into what people want from a celebrity brother. Mm. Celebrity brother needs to be your Michael Madsons, your your Coolios, you know, and and less, you know, influencers do not make particularly great TV a lot of mm. the time. Uh, so less of that, more old school and more more grumpy people. I well, think. nothing. I don't think anything mm. uh, ever beat the first Celebrity Big Brother for for comedy. Oh, relief. it was incredible, wasn't it? Uh, because they, they sort of didn't know what they were well, in they, for. They it, put it back on, didn't they, for the last comic relief? Yes, they, and played it again, and it was it was remarkable how twee and how short it was. Mm. You know, it's a week. They were going, you know, Vanessa. <laughs> You know, Jack D climbed a fence after day three. You know, Vanessa was scribbling on the table after, you know. And now that feels like just, you know, people do Airbnbs uh, quite willingly for le- for more time than that now. Um, yeah, I think they've, they've done a great job of getting pure and back to back to the roots mm. of what made Civilian Big Brother great. They need to do the same with celebrity. And, and celebrities need to be not afraid just to kind of like let the mask slip a little bit. The campaign starts here for good celebs for both the traitors and Celebrity Big Brother. Thank you both. Thanks, Matt. Thanks. Hi, everybody. This is Stephen D. Wright with his predictions for the media industry next year. Um, Sadly, it's uh, a line from Dad's Army I'm going to repeat, uh, where Private Fraser used to say, we're all doomed, Captain Mannering, because that's all I can see. uh, Unless the channels and the commissioners start bloody commissioning again and stop ignoring the plight of the freelancers who can't get work when there's no commissions, uh, we're all doomed. So death, destruction and doom. Good luck. See you next year if we survive. 
So who's next with our media predictions for the year? Why? It's writer Scott Bryan and Press Gazette Charlotte Tobit. Woo! Yay. Hey, <laughs> Did you have a good Christmas? So relaxing, thank you. <laughs> good. We're definitely recording this in January. Of course, it's a quiet time of year for TV. I'm definitely not stressed. <laughs> uh, Charlotte, let's start with you. Uh, as you generously gave us three predictions for last year, let's see how you fared. You said, I don't think lots of national newspapers or major magazines will suddenly close in print this year, but I do expect some mags to close in print. Yep, I totally stand by that. Um, Nothing massive is closed Mm -hmm. this year. Some magazines have closed or are closing the next couple of months, um, but kind of smaller ones. So Um, can I challenge you slightly? Yes. National Geographic? Medium-sized? Small? Small? Large? Fine. Okay. <laughs> Other than that. Yeah, I mean, I said plural. You've only okay. come at me with one. That's so fair I enough. Okay. All right. I will, I will give you though, the one twist is that mm. some print magazines also launched, which Ooh, I didn't okay. say. So, mm. you know, like Future still launching some stuff. Mm. NME's relaunched, although kind of limited run. But so it just shows you it's kind of. But it's it swings still around very, about. Yeah. Uh, right. Number two, you said a lot more publishers will be experimenting with AI this year, especially as it could free up resources at a time when costs are biting. Yep, very much. I mean, I've basically spent the entire year reporting on what news publishers are trying out with AI. And a lot of it is about freeing up resources so that like NewsQuest, for example, in regional use, um, they gave us an example recently about um, AI writing up like press releases mm. or council minutes and then reporters actually going out of the office to write stuff. Um, so tool rather than replacement of journalists. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of caution, I'd mm. say. I think there was there were some big stories earlier in the year that we talked about on here about um, US um, uh, online news publishers uh, trying out it writing and yes. that didn't go as well um, but yes I totally again stand by that good yes okay tick uh, yeah, number three uh, 2022 was the year news publishers got stuck into experimenting on TikTok uh, from basically a standing start but now I think this is in 2023 they will get a bit braver with the format did news get brave with TikTok Yes, I think that's also true. I spoke to um, like the Mail Online's head of social video um, not long ago, and he talked about how they've been doing more of the TikTok, um, you know, like native formats and trends, trends, Mm. uh, you know, like a vox popping on the street, going up to people in the street, things like that. And I think lots of the publishers have been doing that rather than just kind of their old style broadcast and so I think that's been working. It is interesting. I was looking at some of the Mail Online stuff uh, this week and a lot of hosted things with people that you wouldn't necessarily expect, so much younger focus, which is kind of obviously the right mm. thing to do. Uh, okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you three out of three for that. That's pretty good. We're going to have some more predictions from you uh, in a sec. Uh, Scott, um, nothing to challenge you with at the moment, so these, <laughs> these will be good. We'll get you, we'll get you next year. Uh, prediction number one, what have you got? So my prediction is that there will be... Uh, some changes happening at the top of TV. So mm-hmm. if you look at the bosses of TV for the last few years, it's been pretty much static. You've had Charlotte Moore, BBC. Uh, you've had... Ian Katz, Channel 4. Ian Katz, Channel 4. Zai Bennett on Sky. Piers on ITV. I think that naturally I've got no inside info. Mm-hmm. This is just a sense that because it has been remaining the same for quite a while, because the ad market has been going through the motions and just because of... Um, it's an exhausting job mm. that I think that there will be some creative renewal um, at some of these places. How many? Two. Two, two telly, top two telly top people. Two telly people will okay. move aside or, you know, yeah. 
Good. Like it. Like <laughs> speci- specific things. Good. Charlotte, what's your prediction for this year? A bit more depressing than my last <laughs> okay. year's predictions, which is um, kind of following on from what's been happening the last few months. I think there's going to be more job cuts and mm. um, probably more um, closures at kind of big scale websites. Um, uh, like, you know, like Jezebel recently, I think. Okay. Give us a number. How many? How many big, big, biggish sites am I going to go? Site closures. Is this like, this isn't just UK, is it? Or is it? Uh, I think you, actually UK focused. <laughs> Pick a number. Two. I'll, two. Scott said two, I'll say two okay. as well. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Scott, any, any sort of wilder predictions? Screw it. Um, a big streaming service will either fold or would merge with another. I mean, we are in a period of consolidation with streamers anyway. Um, but it'll be interesting to see whether one just goes, sod this, yeah. and will just decide to give in, essentially. We'll I come- found it interesting that like with Netflix, they've been starting to show more third-party stuff mm. again. And I sort of feel that's a bit of, not just Netflix, also kind of stepping back, realising that their original content cannot sustain it, but also I think their rivals going, actually... If you build it, they probably might not come. Well, I'll call that the Paramount Plus prediction. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Charlotte, uh, anything slightly slightly wider for you? I think that publishers will somehow kind of come together to launch some sort of thing, f- thing or fight back against either the AI companies or Google, because there is quite a lot of frustration at the moment. Ah, an, in, an alliance. An alliance will pop up. Yeah, let, let's say. That, that can be in my wild one. Okay, that's good. No, that's good. That's good. We'll see if there's an alliance uh, in print. Uh, right. Uh, uh, Happy New Year. Uh, thank you both. Thanks, Matt. Pass the party poppers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now joining me is media writer Tara Conlon. First things first, we should look at your 2023 predictions oh oh to dear. see how well you wrong? did. Uh, number one, the big streamers will see 2023 is the year where they start to consolidate. There'll be fewer outlets out there. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we're nearly there, aren't we? It, it seems to be we're getting, going in we're, that direction. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. HBO Max, yeah. CNN, bit yeah. of something, but there's kind of yeah. something happening there. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. There are. I I totted them all up actually the other day. The top seven streamers. It's now if you want everything that mm. you can get in the UK, now TV, you know, Apple, blah blah blah, costs 130 pounds a month. Wow. That's for the sport as well, TNT yes. Sport. So that's, you know, top dollar. Even if you don't, it's around 117, something like that. So it's about one and a half grand a year. It's a lot of money. That is a lot of money mm. on top of if you're buying Sky. I mean, mm. if you've got an TV, mm. you don't need all of Sky. But you know what I mean? If you've got Sky Glass or whatever. So I think we're reaching that crunch point where the consumer is saying, it's, it's tight. I mean, you know, even... Even me, you, you know, knowing a bit about about the industry, I discovered I had a BritBox. <laughs> We've got so many subscriptions these days, we just can't keep up. And I think there will come. It, it is biting. There is there is you know, there are, are people leaving the big streamers. They're moving to either set up their own companies or uh, they're moving to um, to networks. So it does seem to be happening that there is a shift that they're, you know, they're not spending as much. It, it will come, I'm sure, but maybe I was just a bit early on it. Uh, just ahead of the game. Uh, and mm. then the second one, uh, the amalgamation of BBC World News and uh, the Home News Channel will result in Home News not getting much of a say and it'll be a political hot potato. Again, I think it, I mean, it has 
hasn't been a smooth integration. It has not been a smooth integration and there is still fallout from it. And and I think going to come and I think the crunch point will come with the next general election because it will become apparent then to a lot of people who would normally tune in to the news channel. Mm. Um, And I have to, you know, just from my point of view, I don't tune in as much to it. I tend to look at Sky News. I mean, Mm. Sky News and GB News are delighted at what's happening. Um, And when you've got, it's not the BBC's fault, but when you've got two uh, big conflicts happening in the world, you've got big international stories. Mm. But when it comes to, you know, a big, as big a story as the general election will be, they will have opt-out streams. They yes. will have a way of managing that, but it's about staffing levels. And, that's, and, and I'm hearing very, they're quite tired already. Well, it's very already. clever that you can, they can do multiple versions mm. that kind of pop up on the website or different things. Yeah. But that's resource, isn't it? And you've got to exactly. keep now multiple shows on the road. Absolutely. And that requires, you know, as you say, resources. It requires people. It requires money. It's been an expensive year for BBC News um, because of what's been going on geopolitically. And... How that will bear out on screen will be really interesting, I think, for them. They can cover it online, obviously, and that's what, you know, what they will say. And, and digitally you can. But those politicians who will be all over the BBC, poor mm. BBC, about impartiality, uh, when you have, you don't have that big a, a shop window as you used to have on screen, where a lot of politicians they love being will on the be telly. looking, they love being on the telly. So it, they will come under even more scrutiny. Well, almost both those are like rollover predictions for, for this year. Yeah, uh, just but, roll them over. <laughs> but what are, what are your new fresh ones? Well, actually, um, I mean, I should think of something a bit more kind of like fun, really. But unfortunately, it's doom and gloom uh, with one of them, which is that they. I think it will be a tough time for product, independent production companies. Um, it was starting to get tough last year in 2023. I think the the roll-on effect of the cutbacks in budgets, in um, advertising, will impact even more of the smaller independent production companies. Um, in the big ones, you've got, you know, all three media, et cetera, what's happening with them. Uh, and and it, will, it will trickle down. And I, and I do feel for those smaller companies who, post-COVID, they, they, that sort of backup savings that they had, they had to dip into during COVID, they're having really tough times. What's happening at Channel 4, the BBC with budget cuts there, not as much being made. Some people call it a market correction, which sounds quite harsh because it's people's lives and producers that I'm speaking to are having, some of them are having a really tough time. I mean, it seems more than just the money from the streamers has sort of disappeared. It seems kind of deeper cuts than that, particularly, I think, what we're seeing from public broadcasters. Yeah, exactly, which Mm. have been the bread and butter for a lot of the smaller companies. And they're trying to um, help where they can. Um, But at the end of the day, it comes down to money and it comes down to airtime. And with fewer... If we're going to move over to a time where linear TV is replaced more by app-based TV and we don't have that daytime space, maybe people are, you know, instead binging shows from from the streamers rather than watching this morning. I mean, you could easily see BBC Two just start at seven o'clock, like like three and four. Well, yeah, exactly. Mm. And, and I think if that's the end game, then you can see why... They're cutting back mm. on daytime shows. You know, it's it doesn't make as much sense to them and, and sticking to the prime time. 
But there are still people who want to watch daytime TV. Um, and those audiences still need to be served by the public service broadcasters. And so there will still be a market there for a while. But those smaller companies who those, particularly, you know, the, the, the factual the sort of like bread and butter factual yeah, if you shows. Yeah, if you're used to knocking out like 200 episodes of exactly. Home Under the Hammer, yeah. that's, a big, that's a big shift. Yeah, exactly. So I think it will be even tougher for those production companies. The big ones will will be okay them. because they have the the back office, they have the reserves, they, you know, have all the economies of scale. But the smaller ones, I do fear for them. Have you got a second one? I have. And again, it it feeds back into what I was talking about, um, subscriptions. And I just wonder if in 2024, this year, we're going to get sick of subscriptions. The reason why I say that, I was talking uh, last year with Substack about their, them getting more into video mm-hmm. and um, also uh, talking to Sesame. And that's the people behind the, who founded um, Acast. And essentially, they were saying... With all these subscriptions out there, are people, consumers getting tired of them? And how will consumers basically cut back and what it will mean for content? And what Sesame is saying, they've got it in publishing and podcasting. Essentially, you pay for an article or you pay for a podcast. They're saying, well, why can't you do that with, you know, an episode of a show? It's kind of going back to the the old way that Apple used to do. You could buy an episode. Yes. And... Their argument is an average payment is about two euros and 5% of people who um, go and buy an article go on to subscribe. So they're saying it wouldn't cannibalise existing subscription revenues too much and it would bring people in who are tired of subscriptions. And when you think about it, like gym membership subscriptions, a lot of people get tired thinking, well, I'm I'm paying for that, but I'm not using it enough. Mm. So with the decline in subscriptions, will we see more of a paying per episode and also the reason why I mentioned Substack because of their their move into video if producers rather than going to the traditional kind of platforms and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself a bit here (laughs) but rather than going out on a Netflix or going out on an Amazon because you could put it out on Substack your 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 video and they said they want to do films etc and you know potentially uh, long-form content like that is that a way forward for a production company with second, third rights that they yes. might put it out on their direct-to-consumer? I guess what I'm saying is... Are some, different, some different financial models that exactly. move away from subscription for, for Exactly. Are we going to see pods? some kind of move away from the streaming subscription model? Is that a way of increasing revenue or not? I don't know. Finer minds than mine are probably looking at it. Well, two great thoughts. And as we've already heard, if it doesn't happen in 2024, maybe it'll happen in 2025. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you very much. No worries. That's it. And a happy new year to you. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode next week. And of course, every week here on The Media Podcast, make sure you hit that follow button to get us in your ears every week. Uh, we record the show at the London Podcast Studios, where you can get 25% off your first booking uh, at this lovely place when you use the code MEDIAPOD. Uh, that's thelondonpodcaststudios.com using the code MEDIAPOD for 25% off. Uh, thanks for listening. My name is Matt Teagan. The producer was Matt Hill. It was a Rethink Audio production. I'll see you next week.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.